Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we speak with writers about writing. And sometimes we speak with writers who have written 25 books or 70 books. And sometimes we talk with writers who have published their very first book. And a lot of people are right in between those two things. So Dennis is my way of saying I have a person on my show today. My guest today is here with, I believe it's her debut novel. Is that correct, Sarah? It is. This is your debut novel? This <gasps> is my debut. Yes. Yay. It's so exciting. <laughs> so my guest today is Sarah Bewley. How are you doing, Sarah? I am doing all right. I'm hanging good. in. <laughs> good, good. We were just chatting before we started that um, you're in sunny Florida, where I grew up. So we were, so I was sort of reminiscing, even though different parts of Florida, very different parts, actually. But yeah, you know, Floridians yeah. have to bond, have to bond, have to bond. Are you, have yes. you been from? Are you always from Florida? Have you always been from there? No, no. I was originally from Kentucky, but I have lived in Florida since 1963, other than a year and a half when I went to school at the University of Georgia. Well, so basically, yes, you're basically a lifelong Florida. I mean, yeah, for the I most pretty part, much have been, been here forever at this point, <laughs> the majority yeah. of my life. Yes. Yeah. You've seen it change because it's, um, well, I'm from South Florida, but it was, I remember living there like in the seventies and then it just, it's just so different when I go down there. I mean, it's, you can, you can see, you can see this, the sameness, but there's so much more people and, you know, everything advances. It's just kind of interesting to see the progression that it's made over the years since the 60s and 70s. So Yeah, well, when I moved here in 75, the University of Florida had like 50,000 students. Now it's like 150,000. And right. so this has been a massive change here over the last 50 years. <laughs> That's, you know that's a lot yeah yeah absolutely that's just it's an it's crazy and that's it happening is. everywhere it's so crazy it and it's like that all over florida yeah 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 florida's yeah it's different it's a lot different than when i was there but well i'm going to give you a brief introduction um miss debut woman <laughs> it's sarah bewley b-e-w-l-e-y it's a cool name sarah bewley has been a freelance writer a playwright a licensed private investigator. That's pretty cool. A homeschool tutor. Uh, those sound like the same job, kind of. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and held administrative positions in medical offices and nonprofits. She lives in Gainesville, as we were just discussing with Patrick Payne, a visual artist. Burning Eden is your new book, and it's the first book in your new series. It's so it's all new, 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 new. So tell us about Burning Eden. Um, well, Burning Eden, it takes place in a fictional county in North Florida. It's an amalgamation of several counties uh, that I created uh, into a fictional county called Eden. And it is very much based on what North Florida is like, which is in those counties, uh, other than Alachua County where Gainesville is, the counties have incredibly tiny populations and are mostly scrub oak, pine and swamp. So it is a really different thing than South Florida. We have palm trees here, but we just, you just usually can't see them for all the pines. Uh, and so the book it takes place in a county that is 804 square miles and has 18,000 people. And the, sh the primary character uh, is the sheriff, Jim Shepard, who is a fourth generation sheriff in Eden County. And um, 
then there is a second point of view in the book, and that is Dr. Edward, uh, Dr. Ryan Edwards, who is has been brought to Eden County to become the new physician there because Dr. Mark Markham is trying to retire. And so he has brought this guy down. And the reason he was able to get this young physician was because he had been injured badly um, in an attack on he and his wife. And his wife died from the attack and he was brain damaged and has aphasia. So small town rural medicine, he can do because of the fact that if he can't come up with a word, the nurse can help him out. And it's not what he could do. His specialty was emergency medicine and the ER. So this is this is how he has ended up there. So we have someone that this his whole life has been in Eden County. And then we have someone who is definitely a big fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> because he was working in DC and now, and he's from Connecticut and he finds himself in rural North Florida. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a great setup. And it's, I, I was, you know, as I was reading about the character and reading the book and um, as your editor, one of your editors, it would, it just struck me as, you know, you don't really think of that. Like you're, you have this brilliant mind and you're trained um, to do something so profound and life-saving and all these kinds of things and then you know you, you never know like there'll be a brain injury and then you just can't do that thing and it's just it's, yeah. it's terrifying you know it's a terrifying thing but you're still alive so you have to figure out a way you know and that's I think that was a really it's a very cool um device to give to a character to have them sort of you know it has to work it out and I, I think that's right. it was it's a brilliant um you don't see that a lot so I think that's really that's it was unique and I really it really struck me you know someone that's just been through a health crisis it's sort of like okay this does change your life so it's like you have to figure out what's the next thing how am I gonna how am I gonna be back to normal or whatever kind of version of normal I can be so that's right and that leads into my very first question I will do no I will do less talking going forward because <laughs> <laughs> this is all about you but you know I just was that's a very complimentary thing for me to say I was saying it yeah. I was saying yeah. it out of, from the heart Thank so you. Your first question is, speaking of characters, since you do such a good job of that, and you have, as I just said, developed characters, it seems like you have a natural ability for this. How do you develop your voices of your characters? Um, do you keep a Bible or do you use some other kind of method? Do you just remember everything they like to say or know or do? How do you do it? Tell me all about it. Well, uh, I started out as a playwright. And because I started out as a playwright, of course, all I wrote was dialogue you know, when you write a play, you it's basically dialogue and he exits or he enters. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And so uh, I would always cast my plays in my head with a voice that fit. And so I use actors and a lot of times they're not at all the appropriate age. You know, there's absolutely nothing where they could actually play that role, but the voice is what I like. And so when I start a character, I hear them in my head. And so Jim Shepard has a very specific voice and um, Ryan Edwards has a very specific voice. Um, and there are other characters that have a very specific voice. One of my favorites is uh, Sergeant D. Jackson. And um, she's actually in my head cast with a deputy I met at the Writers Police Academy. And she was just fascinating and just had this real commanding presence. And I uh, 
I was really impressed with her. And so I spoke with her and I said, you know, I really kind of like to use you in my book. And she was like, sure. <laughs> and so she, her voice is the voice that I hear in my head. And she's one of my favorite characters because of the fact that um, she's kind of Jim Shepard's right-hand person. And uh, so she is, she was a Marine MP military police and then right at the present she is getting her master's degree in um, criminal science at the university of florida and her intention her long-term plan is she's going to be the first black woman sheriff in florida and in fact florida still doesn't have a black woman sheriff really really Hmm. yeah yeah, Marilyn, we just got our first uh, black governor and I'm su- surprised, you know, just, I just was surprised. <laughs> it just seems like way too late for any yeah. of us that we have, you know, it should have happened considering the populations and who's being represented in these populations. And, you know, we have Baltimore. I mean, you know, it's just weird. It's just very bizarre, but I'm glad we did. I'm glad the progress is happening, however slowly. But yes. yeah, that is, I think that needs to be rectified for sure. Um, well, very cool. That Are you musical at all? Do you play any music or are you a fan of music? I no. am I am miserably unmusical. Um, I I used to sing in choruses all the time, so I I can sing. But I was a second alto in the sixth grade, so <laughs> I don't have one of those beautiful soprano voices at all. Um, in fact, when I'm singing along with songs, a lot of times I'm singing tenor because that's as close as I can get to second alto. <laughs> I was just curious because I think when you mentioned you can hear things so clearly, sometimes I, I have, we have a lot of musicians that are also others, mm-hmm. and I, I've interviewed a lot of musicians, and they said we've I used to be a musician, so we talk about how you can hear things differently, mm-hmm. or you are used to hearing. So I just was curious if that, would, but you're used to listening to a lot of people speaking in plays, so it's right. it's the same, it's the same it's, thing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, just developing an ear for something, and yeah. and you know, because of the fact that I love voices, I'm fascinated by voices and, and I drive Pat crazy because we'll be watching something and I'll hear a voice in an advertisement where they don't show the person. I'll go, Oh, that's so-and-so. And he'll go, you can do that. You know? <laughs> and um, I, yeah, but it's just one of those things or somebody can be, you know, like in a, you know, real alien you know, make deep makeup and everything. And I'll hear their voice and I'll go, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I used to write radio, I used to write radio commercials and there was a voice actress. She was also worked in the office too, which it was a small station, but she would, people would request her to do their commercials. I still hear her sometimes on TV and on on the radio. I'm like, Oh, that's the girl from the office. I used to sit next to me, but I never, I never did on air voice stuff, but I used to write the stuff she would read. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, next question. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite character you've written? And if so, what is it about that character that you enjoy so much? Oh, boy. Actually, uh, I, I have several. Um, but I think Jim Shepard is one of my favorite characters um, because of the fact that he didn't want to be sheriff. He didn't want to go in law enforcement. He wanted to be the one that escaped Eden County. Uh, His plan was to teach high school history. He was fascinated by history. Um, But 
his wife died in an automobile accident and he had, you know, a baby, a six month old child. So he had, he dropped out of his master's program and went home so that he could have his mother and father help him raise his son. And he took the job as a deputy for his father. And, and I think that I'm really fascinated by the fact that he's, he's reluctant about being in this field and he and because of that he often doesn't feel he's qualified to do what he's asked to do and and he finds that terrifying and i thought yeah. that was a really interesting aspect of him and yeah so, you've, you've yeah you've given him a lot of dimension you've given him a lot of trauma dimension yeah you've given him a lot of texture with yeah. these things yeah and um i think ryan edwards is interesting as well um because of the fact that he's been through this actual physical attack that you know changed his life forever killed his wife and made him unable to be a, a, an emergency room physician and one of my favorite lines in uh, that he one of the things that he says is it you know he made the promise to himself to never be a victim again and i I really kind of identify with that because um, I was, I really struggled when I was young and, and saw myself as, as being lesser a lot. And hmm. so it was, it was kind of, I think that Ryan Edwards is probably closer to being me than anyone else in the book. And I, I relate strongly to that idea of not being a victim and of uh, establishing yourself in a new way that you had you know that had to be done yeah well I'm sorry you felt that way before but um I'm glad you've hopefully you don't feel that way now oh feeling, I don't feel no, yeah no. I'm gonna say you seem very it's been a, it's been a long process but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really yeah. changed over the decades <laughs> Well, you would hope one would hope it would for everyone, but it, sometimes it doesn't. So it's just you it know, not, yeah. not to be too personal, but you do seem to be very you know happy, confident person now. So that's good. Well, thank um, you, thank you. I am. <laughs> yeah, and you've written a book. Now you've written. Now you got a public. You got a book deal. You're all. You're good. You got a. You got things yes. going on. You're yes, <laughs> a happy life. Um. So back to Florida. Here we go again. This just is a Florida episode. We're just going to talk about Florida the whole time. Right. How, how did you choose the setting for your novel? And is it based on personal experiences? It is uh, based on personal experience in the sense that I lived here during the 1998 wildfires, which is the setting of the book mm -hmm. and uh, the time and the place where all of this was going on. And had the experience of like walking out of a building and looking into the sky and not being able to see the sun really that you just kind of saw this orangey ball that was up there but there was no real sunlight on the ground and mm -hmm. all you smelled was smoke it didn't matter where you were or what you did and a little town that's about 35 miles uh northeast of Gainesville was evacuated because the fires threatened it so much that they were afraid that it would burn through the town. It didn't. They managed to stop it, but that's how close it got. And Gainesville was not in any immediate danger, but all of the little communities outside of Gainesville were. 
And so it was something that that I had lived through and it had made a, a real deep impression on me. And so, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. And so I wanted to write about this region, first of all, because I think North Florida is so very different from South Florida. And I love it up here. I just think it's fabulous and beautiful and wonderful. And I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. And so I wanted to set uh, the story here. And I wanted to set it during something that I had experienced myself. And so that's why I used the fires. That's very cool. Well, I'm glad you did. Um, flyer, fires and floods just are terrifying because it's, what are you supposed to do? There's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so the only thing yeah. is get out of the way of it, you know, and then you just lose everything. It's it's very scary. And Florida is so um, unique because like you say, it's so different from the different places in Florida. I mean, I think people a lot of times think, oh, beach, you know, because, but it's not. I mean, there's so many different, you know, um, ecologically different areas and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I just remember when we got in the car to go anywhere, it was eight hours to get from wherever we were. We were just getting out of the state at that point. We're like driving, drive yes. an entire, an entire day just to get to Georgia. And yes. then it's like, Oh, we're in Georgia. Yay. We have to drive another day to get somewhere else. <laughs> yes. And it, and it is like that. And I don't think people understand the, you know, like I've had people think that Miami must be really close to Gainesville. No, Miami is like seven and a half hours away you know, yeah. taking the turnpike. Yeah. Um, and if I go to Pensacola, which is at the far end of the panhandle, that's eight hours from here. Yeah. And so, and there is no beach where I am. We have rivers and cold springs, but we yeah. have no beach. The closest beach is 90 miles, either east or west. And so that's, uh, that's a very dramatic difference you know, and I, we have, we do literally have like swamps and things, you know, which people don't see in South Florida, <laughs> unless mm -hmm. you go to the Everglades, the Everglades can get a little swampy, but yeah. let's face it, it's, it's really not the, the beaches and everything, you know, nobody lives in the Everglades. So this, that little center area down there is not really occupied. It's, the beaches all along the edges of it. And that's yeah. what people think is Florida. Either yeah, that we or were, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You know, we were really afraid of the Everglades. Like it was like that's where we always assumed that's where the mob like dumps their bodies, you know. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's just like no pro it's like no even no mess. Just dump them out and then just keep it driving because the wildlife and the swamps will take care of it. It's no problem. Yeah. No one's gonna go yeah. looking for anyone there. But yeah, it is. It, Florida can be really creepy. <laughs> really creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be. But and we love this it. This area up here is just—it's so, you know, like down there, it's just solid people and buildings. And you get up here, and you can drive for like two or three hours, and all you'll see is it is maybe a couple of gas stations and a mcdonald's or something if you get off on these little side roads going through some of these counties and what's astonishing is some of them are really large and have such incredibly tiny populations it's crazy yeah you know there's one county that's uh got 990 let's see 969 square miles and has a population of 10,000 wow yeah 
10,000. Yeah. This is my mile. Get out of it. This is where I live. Get it. Go to your own mile. Go away. (laughs) That's hilarious. So next question, who were your favorite authors to read before you decided to pursue your own writing? Who's your inspiration? Oh boy. Um, well, I always loved mysteries. So I have read mysteries since I was in high school and, but probably, uh, probably my absolute favorite is Val McDermott. I love Val McDermott's, especially the, the Tony, uh, books those were you know so wonderful and he's such a brilliant character and um carol is is also really well done so i loved that series and of course you know it ended which mm. broke my heart i was like no no you can't send tony to prison god damn it no oops sorry swearing but anyway well, you're you're allowed to swear it's an adult show so we're fine good <laughs> All right, because I do, and um, but, especially about things ending, because I have a hard time with things ending as well. It's like that's my biggest thing. I don't like it when shows or books or anything. I don't like the endings. I'm very hard. Yeah. It's hard for me. Yeah, and so um, I would say probably that was my favorite series, and it was very complex and it was very dark. And um, I am not particularly dark, but I I really love things to be. Uh, not simple and people to not be simple and so um i you know i just think her stuff is fantastic and and she's probably my favorite um i also really like joe bannister who is like just polar opposite of what val mcdermott is because bannister was a newspaper writer and so she's got this really short direct style which more matches my style of writing than Val McDermott does. And so maybe that was why I really enjoyed her stories. They were not as complex, but she did some characters that I just totally fell in love with. Cal Donovan is probably one of my all-time favorite characters. I mean, she describes him as being an Irish Darth Vader. I don't know of a better description of a character you could possibly have. I just love that description. Yeah, she's actually a nice, uh, nice person too, which always is helpful. <laughs> yes, when you get when you get to meet her, she's very sweet. Um, oh, good. And, I'm and glad supportive to know of, that. Yeah, supportive of other writers, and she's also very brilliant. So it's nice to. Uh, it's, I'm glad she has such a big fan in you, <laughs> <laughs> and all of us. We all we all adore her. Um, yeah. Her work. All right, fifth question. This one's always a little bit off the wall, a little something different from the straight uh, literary questions. What does your writing space look like? Where Where do you work? Do you work out in the sunshine in not beach Florida? Or do you, do you have like a an igloo that you put like ice cubes around you so you can pretend like you're living not in Florida? How do, where, where are you? I'm, I'm in, you can see where my brain goes with all these different things. Where do you, oh, okay. what's your, what does your desk look like? Um, My desk is literally a tv table um three weeks after i signed my book contract a a, an oak tree fell through the roof of my office (laughs) oh my and for six months we had no use of the room at all it was covered with a tarp because it happened during the pandemic and we couldn't get anybody to put a new roof on and fix i mean it was you know so we had everything in storage 
And so essentially what I had was my computer and a TV table in the bedroom. And I wrote the book on that. And then what happened was we finally got it fixed and, you know, we got the furniture into it and I started to move into it. And I came home from work one day and there were three bicycles and a whole bunch of boxes in there. And it turned out Pat had kind of stored some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And then he admitted to me that he kind of liked having me right in the bedroom. He thought it was nice and comforting that I was in here when he came in to lie down for a nap. And so, and, and so I think I'm probably going to end up writing the second book on the TV table because I still can't get into my office. Only now it's not because of a tree. Uh, now it's because of the fact that it's been turned into a storage unit. <laughs> yes. Well, these things happen. And um, it's you, you might be like a baseball player where they have to wear the same socks every time. You know what I mean? Like it might be like your lucky spot now because you had a really yeah. great result for the first time. So I'm, I'm kind of superstitious when it comes to that kind of yeah, stuff. And, and I will admit, you know, I've gotten really comfortable with the TV table. Although if you've seen my thing wobble, it's because I'm sitting on a, you know, it's sitting on my computer sitting on a a TV table that has really wobbly legs. And so I have to like brace it with my legs to, you know, keep it firm. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's no room for anything on it except uh, the mouse. And that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I bought one of those lap tables to put on top of it. So it didn't sit flat because that actually helped me type on it. But I had a big keyboard that I had used before in the office and I there's nowhere to put it so it's you know put away and I'm typing on the right on the laptop (laughs) wow it sounds very uh minimalist but that's actually you have way less distractions so that's not bad but we might need to get you a a less wobbly table just (laughs) yeah a new tv table might be good if I can reach the point where I can get one that's a little more solid yeah yeah. Book two. After book two, you're like, I got a new, I got to get a new table each time. It'll be like a new, a new TV table. Well, that's adorable. Um, I think it's very sweet. I was interviewing someone a while back and uh, he had written his book in his recliner because his office, his, all of his kids were home, you know, from the pandemic. So he just mm-hmm. was like, well, they're in there, they're in there doing their schoolwork. So I guess I'll sit in the recliner in the living room. And he wrote his entire book. I'm like, well, you got it, you know, needs must. That's what happens. Like people yeah. just have, we, yeah. we all had to adjust and, and do, you know, I, I turned my bedroom into a partial office as well when everyone was home because it was quiet to record. Yeah. Um, you know, we've all just sort of become a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we have all developed new quirks. <laughs> At least we're all doing it together. So it's all whatever. It's like our new normal. Yeah. But um, yeah. well, very good. Well, those are the official questions. Okay. Um, we always do a quiz at the end. Are you ready for the okay. quiz? Oh, uh, I guess we'll try. We know, Yes, I think you're probably going to do. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how you do. Well, I'll give you all your right. grade at the end. Yeah. Okay. This will be the first one I'm really curious about. Summer or winter? Definitely summer. Definitely summer. I hate cold weather. Well, you're living in the right place then. Yes. Does it get it gets a it gets a little colder up there though than it does in South Florida, right? It It does. And um and in fact, in the next book I'm writing about the freeze that we had that closed uh I-95 and I-75. Yeah, I remember um 
couple a couple winters quote unquote winters <laughs> florida winters yes. when that orange groves would freeze and then everyone's yeah. freak out because you know it's a huge industry there and it's it you know messes up the oranges and then people are like, oh we're not gonna have orange juice but i mean yeah. you know as you're a kid you're like oh it's not a big deal but it's a huge it's a huge deal it it's a huge deal yeah and the one in that they had that particular year was bad enough that it actually got down into the 40s in miami so that's that's cold yeah and um people were taking secondary roads trying to get you know to visit parents and stuff and it was pretty crazy oh yeah and not equipped for um that kind of weather nothing is nothing is prepared no one's prepared for that no there's no sand there's no no salt uh no nothing to clear the roads with and and i mean gainesville the roads were all completely ice it was it was crazy yeah that's that's bizarre all right number two sweet Mm. or savory Mm. sweet okay i'm definitely mm, i gotta go with sweet okay that sounds like you you are very sweet (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) no number three comedy or drama Ooh, comedy yeah yeah oh yeah i love to laugh you like slap are you like slapstick comedy or like what kind of comedy do you like uh actually i can kind of go a lot of different directions but um i i probably i like i'm not a, a sitcom kind of person mm-hmm. um but uh like the movie knives out and the latest one that he did uh, the glass onion i loved those because they made me laugh out loud and i love books that make me laugh out loud and um like i just finished reading uh ben aronovich's uh, amongst our weapons and he's always got things in it that are so funny. And I would be sitting there just laughing hysterically. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, there's a very kind of a famous story among my friends about me flying into New York one time. And I was reading um, Janet Ivanovich's whatever the book number eight was, which I can't remember what the name. I can remember what was making me laugh, but I can't remember what the name of the book was. And I was laughing hysterically the whole plane ride from Florida and as we were landing in New York this the little old lady sitting next to me reached over patted my hand and she says it's so nice to hear somebody enjoying themselves <laughs> because apparently I was really loud <laughs> that's a backhanded compliment that's someone's yeah. like you're being a little loud but that's cute but you're being loud yeah. but that's okay yeah. that's that's how some people choose to tell you um Debbie watched Poker Face the show poker face yet it's i on haven't Peacock. seen it yet um you'll like I it want to i know that i will like it yeah yeah you'll love it it's knives out basically yep. you know it's, just, it's 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 great and i had another thing i was going to ask you about a follow-up question but i can't remember but yes knives, uh, definitely check out poker face it's it'll make you laugh um even though it's murdery it's funny yeah you know yeah. it has you know how we do in yep. our community okay <laughs> uh, are you an early bird or night owl hmm well, I've had to be an early bird for years now, but when I was a child, I was always a night owl. And so I have a sneaking suspicion that if I ever get to actually retire, I will become a terrible night owl again. Yeah. I think you just wired a certain way. My son is only 12 and he's already like, I can't, he hates going to bed. <laughs> I always liked my sister and I like, I liked going to bed, but 
yeah, I think it's just sort of like you're wired a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's just something yep. with your um, biorhythms. Okay, this is the hardest one, I think. Okay, coffee, coffee or tea? I can't drink tea, oh. uh, and I but I can drink the cold brewed coffee, and so I drink cold brewed coffee. I okay. but I can't I can't drink the hot brewed coffee, and I can't drink tea at all. Um, and it's because I I have some kidney problems, and tea is a diuretic, so tea is totally off the table. Oh, and, yeah. And so, okay. and, and I have, I don't have the best stomach in the world. And so hot brewed coffee, the oils are more active and that causes me to have indigestion. And so, you know, since I prefer not to walk around burping at everybody, uh, <laughs> if I drink coffee, I drink the cold brewed coffee because it doesn't bother me. Well, that's good. I'm sorry you had to find out that way, but not- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's got some people behind your back at the office like what's going on with Sarah yeah yeah well I I found out about the cold brew because um I had uh, a new boss at the city job I have and he had stomach problems as well and he discovered he could drink cold brew and I said well I haven't had coffee in literally decades I'm going to try it and I drank cold brew and I tolerated it perfectly and I was like well damn now I'm a coffee drinker again nice there you go we got you have to have some caffeine when you're a writer because it's just oh, very yes. n- mind-numbingly treachery sometimes and you just have to get I, yourself through it yeah and, and i tell you caffeine tablets just don't cut it the same way having a cup of coffee does <laughs> yeah for sure absolutely well that's good to know i will not um i will never buy you a cup of tea i didn't know that so these, this is why we do the quiz so i can learn all these things about y'all so very good. So what is going on with you? Your book just came out. So what is yes. happening? Are you on tour? Are you going to do events? What's going on? Um, well, I'm doing my first signing event here in Gainesville at a wonderful place called uh, the the uh, Theater of Memory. Ooh. And it's a uh, it's run by a guy named Bill Hutchinson, and it is a private museum of his collections. And I mean, this guy has the most eclectic collections of any human being I've ever seen in my life. He has uh, literary things uh, like handwritten poetry by poets from different periods that he's he's purchased and uh, and started to collect. And then he has things like he has a moon rock, you know, and he has all kinds of weird things, you know things that are old things that are new lots of vinyl uh, lots of old albums uh, and he's he's just a really interesting person and so i was talking to him cuz we went to hear a reading of poetry that was really kind of fun because it was all of these really old poets that nobody has heard of in decades and you know they were all from the turn of the century and so that was kind of fun and uh he and I started talking and I gave him one of the advanced reader copies of the book and he read it and he said, you know, I want to do a signing and we're going to do it May 13th at 2 PM and you're going to be here (laughs) and you're going to read from it. And I was like, I guess I am. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just really funny because he said, I love this book. 
He says, I was afraid I'd hate it. And then I didn't know how I'd be nice to you, but I really like it. <laughs> That's, that is very nice. Cause he didn't have to say anything. He could have spent, thank yeah. you for the book and bye. Cool. See you later. Thanks for coming. Come to my next thing and I'll see you soon or whatever. But the yes. fact that yes. most people are begging to get their first thing done and you've already you said someone's like I'm doing this for you okay great well that's yeah. that's very lucky that's very very yeah. good so that's very that's the first thing that's happening and then there's you know um I'm speaking at the sisters in crime the northeast florida sisters in crime in july so I'll I'll also have books there and you know so I'm doing things along the way yeah great awesome well we're very proud of you and we are, we just think you're wonderful. And I'm so, um, it's just really cool to be a debut author. And I am proud of you. And I want you to do great things and have a great time and go out and talk to a lot of people about your book and enjoy it and just enjoy, enjoy the moment because it is, it's unique. It's a, it's a fun time to be um, in your career. It's very fun yeah, at the, in the really beginning. Is. Alan Orloff yeah. told me, he says, enjoy this. You're only a debut author once. And I said, yeah. oh, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and we'll have you back next year when the, when the new book comes out. We'll talk about Florida right. again. It'll be fun. That sounds good. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate a, it. Thank you. It was fun. It was really fun talking to you. Have a good day. You too.